0: So we speak to the training of the mind. We speak to samadhi, this quality of collectedness or unification of mind. And it's possible to build this quality of samadhi to the point of jhana or absorption. And speaking of the uh, form level of jhana or the form jhanas, there are 16 levels uh, of the Brahma world corresponding to the form jhana, to the first jhana, the second jhana, the third jhana, and the fourth jhana. And there's 12 initial levels uh, to the Brahma world corresponding to these four jhanas. And then there's the uh, Lokutara level, the level beyond the, going beyond the world, uh, and then in terms of the form realm, the last uh, five levels of the uh, form world are the pure abodes where anagamis uh, get reborn. And there are five of these, the awiha, atapa, sudasa, sudasi, and akani-ta levels of the pure abodes. So this is about jhana. So the mind that has practiced, or the mind that's been trained is able to reach these levels of absorption. But we see that when we come to train our minds, that the mind is thinking without ceasing, getting lost in all the different sense impressions of the six senses. But if we practice to train our minds in collectedness, then we can realize these states of jhana. The mind uh, needs stillness and realizes the five jhanic factors of applied thought, sustained thought, rapture, bliss, and one-pointedness. And firstly, one realizes the first jhana and the energy or strength of the first jhana, using that strength, and energy from the first jhana, the mind can then contemplate the body, can see the body as impermanent, stressful, and not self. This is something that's possible. And the mind can change to being a noble mind, a noble being, which is a mind that doesn't get reborn in the lower realms, and at most has seven lifetimes left in the realm of rebirth. So we train ourselves in this peacefulness, in this samadhi, become more and more peaceful. And in this first jhana, then one is not seeking happiness only in jhana, but we become peaceful more and more. We can realize the second jhana, which is more subtle and gives even more energy to the mind to give rise to even more wisdom according to this level then one can realize uh, satagaga, sakadagami, the level of enlightenment of one's returner. And when the samadhi is full, then one can realize anagami, the level of non-returner, the third level of enlightenment. And anagamis are reborn in the pure abodes, as mentioned before. So this is about jhana. But in the beginning of our dhamma practice, we're not able to reach these levels the mind is thinking and proliferating. So we have to train our minds and train them in samadhi. And at first it might just be a little bit, uh, which we can call kanika samadhi, momentary concentration, up to upajara samadhi, a neighborhood concentration. This upajara samadhi is not yet jhana, but it's close. And this kanika samadhi, a momentary collectedness we can listen to the Dhamma, have rapture arise and contemplate the Dhamma, have rapture and happiness arise. We do generosity and virtue, do these various types of merit goodness and feel this fullness in our heart, or we recollect the Buddha and feel at ease, feel fullness in our hearts and minds. We bow to the Buddha at various holy sites or at shrines such as in India. We can feel this happiness and fullness in our hearts. So we recollect the Buddha, recollect the Dhamma, recollect the Sangha to give rise to this fullness and happiness in our minds. This is uh, the merit of Samadhi. Which gives rise to stability and firmness of mind. And this mind, in the beginning, it's not firm very much, it's just this momentary collectedness of Kanaka Samadhi. But this Kanaka Samadhi, we have effort to make it arise often, to give rise to Kanaka Samadhi uh, more and more often until we're skilled and proficient in this, bringing the mind to kanaka-samadhi. And then kanaka-samadhi is capable of of cutting off the kilesas, the defilements, uh, temporarily, to give rise to temporary freedom from the kilesas, which we call tatanga-vimuti, this uh, temporary freedom. So this is something we must practice, we must train our minds to sit in meditation, and we call this the, uh, the puja, the paying homage through our practice. But perhaps we've not yet realized insight, knowledge, not yet realized jhana, but this practice is something we do. It's a form of study, a form of learning. We keep training until we're skilled in it. And then there comes a point where all our spiritual virtues and goodness from the past uh, come back to us and arrive in the present, then we're able to reach these uh, insights, insight knowledges and jhanas. And this is something that all of us are capable of doing. We're all able to realize the jhanas and the insight knowledges if we continue to practice without ceasing if we train our minds and practice continuously without stopping. And in the beginning, we need to have this quality of kanti, of patient endurance. We have to endure a lot in our dhamma practice. We do the sitting meditation, walking meditation until our samadhi is firm and stable. But in the beginning, the samadhi is not very much, and the practice is something that's difficult to do. So we have to have virtue, this quality of sila as our foundation. And if practicing virtue is difficult, then we practice a lot of generosity, do a lot of dana. Then the merit and goodness of practicing generosity lifts up our hearts and minds to feel at ease and peaceful. We help society, we do chanting, do meditation, we do all the various forms of merit and goodness. And when these forms of merit give fruit, then our virtue will be full and complete. And when our virtue is full and complete, this is a cause for the mind to be peaceful, a cause for samadhi to arise. And when samadhi is stable, the mind gives rise to peacefulness, Then the result is wisdom arising, vipassana arising this quality of clear seeing. So in the beginning we have to practice and train our hearts and minds to practice in the various forms of merit uh, from the beginning, practicing generosity, practicing virtue, and training ourselves in Dhamma to bring our minds to collectedness, to train our minds in this quality of samadhi, which then gives rise to wisdom Uh, vipassana and clear seeing. And at this point, we're able to understand the teachings of the Buddha. But we may ask, well, why haven't we seen this yet? Why haven't we understood yet? And the answer is because of ignorance, craving, and attachment. These qualities of ignorance, craving, and attachment cover over the hearts and minds so that we can't see clearly because the Dhamma is here already, it's revealed already. These qualities of impermanence, suffering and not-self are here already, but our minds don't see them because they're covered over with ignorance, craving and attachment. But when samadhi arises and wisdom arises, brightness arises, then we're able to see clearly. It's just like when we have something covering over our physical eye then we can't see physical forms. It's the same way with the mind, not yet seeing impermanence, suffering and not self, which is because of wrong views covering over the heart. So we have to train our minds. For instance, when the eye sees forms, there's light, there's a physical form, a functioning eye, an eye consciousness, When this experience arises, then one clings to it. The sense of self arises. This happens incredibly quickly. So we have to practice and train ourselves in samadhi in collectedness. And then from that point, contemplate the body, contemplate all all material things and mental things to see them all as impermanent suffering and not self and this is able to cut off attachment in the heart. This is wisdom arising. And so we see that to give rise to wisdom, we have to use this quality of samadhi, whether momentary samadhi, kanaka samadhi, upajara, or neighborhood samadhi, or apana samadhi, uh, absorption samadhi. We have these different levels, such as the levels of jhana, or we concentrate and focus on a single object of mind. This is the mind that's collected, unified with uh, peace and happiness and rapture. This is samadhi and peacefulness. And when the mind is brought to uh, just only peacefulness, then we call this jhana, whether the first, the second, the third or the fourth jhana This is the mind that has nothing but happiness and ease. And if our samadhi is firm, then it'll have uh, wisdom with it. We have this momentary concentration and we contemplate based on this. And similarly with neighborhood concentration, then we use the energy of the upajara samadhi, the neighborhood concentration, to contemplate all uh, name and form, all materiality and mentality as impermanent, stressful and not self, according to truth. And if the mind reaches apana samadhi, this one-pointedness, this very firm and stable samadhi, then with this samadhi, one's able to contemplate the body and see even more clearly to contemplate all materiality contemplate the body as suffering, as impermanent, as not-self, and one is able to see the Dhamma like this. But even samadhi to the kanaka level, to the momentary level, has incredible, great value, is able to give rise to wisdom. So we see in the beginning of our Dhamma practice, these qualities of greed, aversion, and delusion uh, gradually reduce, it's not that we just cut them off completely from the very start. And often people may ask, "Well, oh, why does the, this Dhamma practitioner act out of greed, aversion, and delusion? Why do they still have uh, greed, aversion, and delusion? And the answer is because in the beginning, this is how it is. These qualities of greed, aversion, and delusion uh, gradually reduce. It's not that they just go away suddenly as soon as one starts practicing, but it takes time, it takes perseverance. So you have to have patient endurance uh, to a higher level. Or the practice of dhamma gives us more patient endurance. And the dhamma practitioner in the beginning still has anger, for instance, and it takes time and gradually re- reduce these qualities such as anger. And we use these uh, faculties and powers of faith, effort, mindfulness, concentration, and wisdom to make them stronger and stronger in order to know and understand the way things are more clearly. But first of all, we use patient endurance, this quality of kanti. And sometimes we don't have samadhi, we don't have peacefulness, but then we have kanaka samadhi, then upajara samadhi, then apana samadhi. We can improve like this, but we have to patiently endure in the beginning. We have liking and attraction for things, and we patiently endure. We have disliking and aversion for things, and we patiently endure. We try to have effort to contemplate, to give rise to wisdom in order to put down the things of the world. And when Kanaka Samadhi arises, then we feel more at ease. This is the beginning of peacefulness. And we recollect the Buddha, recollect the Dhamma, recollect the Sangha to give rise to fullness and happiness of heart, which is a type of merit and goodness. But even this peacefulness and happiness that arises from recollecting the Buddha Dhamma Sangha is impermanent all the same. It's a type of dhamma that arises and ceases. So it's something we try to develop, we try to cultivate in our bhavana, in our meditation practice, to make it more stable and firm, to give rise to these uh, qualities of happiness and fullness of heart, qualities of samadhi more and more until samadhi becomes uh, stable stable and firm. And at this point, we're able to cut off the defilements, to cut off the first three fetters of identity view, attachment to rites and rituals, and skeptical doubt. Because in the beginning, these first three fetters uh, cover over the heart and obscure the heart. So there's something that we practice to uproot and destroy. So may you practice without ceasing May you set your hearts in this practice to give rise to more and more happiness, to understand the path of Dhamma. So may you have a lot of mindfulness, have your meditation word in your heart um, constantly to give rise to peacefulness and unification, to give rise to samadhi, and then to give rise to wisdom. And if one has a job and has work and has a family, one's still able to practice, try to have mindfulness in your life throughout the day. So may you all grow in the Dhamma practice. May you all grow in blessings.